0: Live on Twitch today, if you are indeed watching me in that way. Also, coming at you on podcasts. What are we doing? iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, all of those things. You can hear my ridiculous voice. Um, we may go back to YouTube this week, depending on what happens. But again, please do subscribe to me on YouTube anyway. YouTube.com forward slash the Miller Report rules or just for, for Simon Miller. And more importantly than that, if you haven't gone to my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316 please do. I beg of you. <laughs> Give me a follow on there and hopefully we can get YouTube and Twitch working in harmoniously together, I should say. Um, oh yeah, shout out to pinsandknuckles.com. Always supporting Simon Pro Wrestling Show. You can get me at Simon316 on Instagram and Twitter. And people say I don't push my Patreon enough, which is very nice. Other people say I push it too much. But yes, again, patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. Even if you can throw $1 in there, please do. But if you come in at Five dollars, you can join my weekly exclusive videos and Q and A sessions where we just have a big chat and you can ask whatever you want. Ten dollars, I will send you a postcard to your house and I write you a little message in it in case you want that. Uh, Twenty dollars, I will send you I send you all the previous rewards obviously as you go up and I will send you uh, a cameo type video message and if you do uh, the one up from that, you can come on the podcast, you can share the the time with me and we'll just chat about whatever you want to chat about and then the one up from that, I'll, you can do all of that stuff and I will send you a, a T shirt too and like I say. Uh, the reason I have a patron is so I can do my podcast, I can do my YouTube videos, and pretty much do my wrestling. When wrestling starts up again, uh, that's it. That's all the that's all the kind of a stuff. So I've got that out the way. Let's talk some wrestling. Hello to everybody in the chat. Uh, much appreciated you having me here as we try and make this Twitch journey a real thing. And let's just get straight into it. Drew McIntyre, man. WWE. It's such... I mean, it's a shame there's no crowds and fans anyway, but it's doubly a shame because from nowhere... WWE seems to have remembered, oh yeah, if we have a big Scottish man that looks like he could kick your ass, let's definitely push him like a big Scottish guy that looks like he could kick your ass. So many times, if you go back to so many sort of big title wins over the last however long, even Seth Rollins, they are portrayed as underdogs. And I get that because WWE thinks they need to do the Daniel Bryan thing, who was portrayed like an underdog. Don't forget, before he got injured, he had that uh, mini feud with Kane and Kane just kicked his ass. But that's not what's happened with your biggest stars. I don't like comparing anybody to anybody else because it's there's no point. Each wrestler has to embark on their own journey. But The Rock never did that. John Cena never did that. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin never did that. Roman Reigns kind of fell into that a little bit. And I think the problem is when you look at Roman Reigns, and I think the whole Roman Reigns thing is overdone. I think he's very good. I think it was a situation of wrong place, wrong time. But when you look at Roman Reigns, you don't see underdog. When you look at Daniel Bryan, you see underdog, of course. But when you look at Roman Reigns, you don't see underdog. You see badass. You see cool guy. You see laid back character. And when you look at Drew McIntyre, you see oh my gosh, that guy. You know he he goes to the gym. Clearly, he's really tall. Uh, he's very self-assured. Recently, he's been showing he can be a bit goofy and wacky, which some people don't like, but I do. To me, he has all the traits that you would need to be established as a top guy. And a really cool thing we did uh, at the end of Raw with the contract signing. And I've said time and time again, not the biggest fan of contract signing because the law of diminishing returns. I think we do them too much. But Seth mouthed off. Drew shut him up. Drew was the one to instigate the fight. And even when Buddy Murphy, don't call him Buddy, arrived it was still drew mcintyre was standing tall at the end because he's a tough guy i think it's really important i think it's massively important um and it's just like i say it's such a shame there's no crowds for many reasons but i think drew mcintyre would be would be getting over i do i i I think he would be getting big reactions and i think people would be buying in and believing him as the wwe champion which is massive because that doesn't always happen also, I, I think Seth Rollins, and I'm guessing here, but it certainly seemed to me like he was about to segue into a new version of his character, and I much preferred it straight away. Uh, I didn't mind the uh, well, it, the whole other stick the you know religious connotations, whatever you want to use, not really my thing, um, but I'm a religious guy, so it could be that. I'm not saying they shouldn't do it; that's just my personal taste. But here, he looked like a hitman. He looked like a guy that is going to finish you off, and you're screwed if he looked serious. And I liked that a lot. So yeah, I thought these two did great. I get there's a massive hole in the program because Seth lost at WrestleMania, but whatever. We've done it now. And I'm excited about their match at Money in the Bank. I thought the contract signing segment did a great job in building up their fight, which is what it was meant to do, and now I want to see it. So that was two thumbs up from me, and it's why I've gone all hyper hyperbole with the uh, with the title I think Drew McIntyre, again, there's so many things that need to happen first. But from purely a character standpoint, I don't think you can fault with how WWE has treated Drew right now. In the past, you can. I think one of the silliest things they ever did was calling the promised one. You can't put that on anybody's shoulders. It's too much. It's like when people say before a pay-per-view, or oh, that match will steal the show. Well, now you've screwed it up. You've screwed it up. Because you've put you've risen the expectations. When you tell me, oh, Drew McIntyre, he's your next guy. I know it works sometimes, you know, Brock Lesnar was the next big thing, but no one out with the chairman of the board, the boss didn't come out and say, here's your future WWE champion. So that was too much, but we will, uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I'm intrigued to see where we're going to go with this. And I just thought it was a really good ending segment. Even when Buddy Murphy came out and attacked Drew McIntyre, I was like, okay, so we end with the heels, uh, the heels standing tall, but we didn't. We reversed that and we went the other way. I can't remember the last time we did that. And it should be that way. And even if Drew McIntyre now goes on to Money in the Bank and beats Seth Rollins, it won't be easily, of course, but beats him handedly, great! He's the WWE champion! I never understood that. It was like when Oscar got called up and everybody was like, well, we can't have Oscar go on her winning streak. Why? Goldberg. Goldberg, who most people, including Goldberg, agree didn't have the most technical background shall we say because he looked like such a badass people bought into him and nobody wanted him to lose when he did lose I mean he was gonna have to lose eventually because that's pro wrestling so there is nothing wrong with Drew McIntyre doing away with Seth Rollins and then I kind of think Jinder Mahal was brought back because I think the next program for Drew McIntyre is going to be Jinder Mahal and that makes sense on all the I know some people won't agree with it but I think it makes loads of sense because there's a history there with 3MB Drew McIntyre can beat Jinder, and no one's going to care because it's Jinder. No disrespect to him, but we all know the we all know the deal. And I don't know. I I just think because they're buddies, they actually they could make that work. So I think that's quite a nice plan if I've got it right, and it means we get to SummerSlam time, even if we're getting a SummerSlam. And Drew McIntyre will have taken out two different people and be on to a different feud. And let keep him winning. The good, it's good and the bad. The good thing he's got going from is that there's no fans so Vince McMahon can't do one of his famous 180s and decide, oh, it's not working. The bad thing is there's no fans because I think with all that noise and the cheering, which I assumed he would be getting right now, that would cement him as an absolute badass. But look, we deal with what we've got. And I thought that closing segment on Raw was really, really good. Nothing spectacular, nothing over the top, just a really good closing Raw segment that I thought ticked a lot of boxes and that I enjoyed. And it made me want to see that match, like I say. So yeah, Drew McIntyre, man, brilliant. Best uh best first WWE title win and then subsequent booking in years. In years. So good. Top stuff. Um, yeah, of course, and talking about that, Jinder Mahal came back too. Who saw that coming? I didn't know Jinder Mahal was about to come back. And then and then there he was. And I quite liked seeing him. I like Jinder Mahal. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. There is something about Jinder Mahal that I get uh, that I get a kick out of. It could be that thing that I know a lot of people are so down on him that I go the other way. But I thought he looked good. Uh, it was a shame that Tazawa wasn't allowed to get any offense in because he is the world's greatest jobber, which again is a compliment. Um, but no, he just got absolutely destroyed. And yeah, I, I again, I think you'll see Jinder versus Drew not too far down the line. But it was a welcome return. It was. I would have preferred it with fans, but that's getting boring if I keep saying that over and over again. But definitely, uh, definitely a thumbs up from uh, f- from me, even though it was kind of a it was kind of a nothing a nothing segment. And I suppose the other big thing we should talk about is Apollo Crews, which I'm baffled about. If you are in the comments watching live on Twitch right now, twitch.tv, force.simon316, let me know what you thought because I don't understand it. I thought it was the, you know, 50% of it was the best that WWE has ever done with Apollo Crews on the main roster. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I think within a, you know, the space of 20, 30, 40 minutes, and last week too, in a couple of weeks, we'd kind of almost moved away from this terrible just nothing booking ever since he got called up from NXT, right? He's just been floating along, not doing anything. And I liked it. And, you know, I thought his swagger backstage was acting kind of heelish, but he was confident and cocky. I dug that. You know, beats Andrade in the tag team match, gets his US Championship match uh, on the same day. And then the ending of it is a knee injury which stops the match, which I never think works in WWE, just because of some of the carnage we've seen. We saw Mankind basically get killed in a ring, and Mick Foley didn't have to stop the match but also it takes him out of money in the bank. So he's in a worse position now than he was. Now, I don't know where the story's going to go, right? So I am jumping, I, I'm, I'm reacting, right? I'm being that guy, which I shouldn't do. There may be a really good plan in place here, but it did confuse me. I didn't really understand what the point was. I didn't really understand how how it benefits Apollo Crews, but I don't know what's next. I don't. Obviously, they shot money in the bank weeks ago. I don't know if he gets involved, if he attacks Andrade. I have no clue, but I thought that was very, very confusing. It was the definition of ups and downs. And again, if you're watching live right now, uh, 40, uh, 40 minutes over what culture wrestling, make sure you join me for that. I, it, I don't get it. And I would really like Apollo Crews because he's so talented in the ring, which is why I would have put MVP with him. It now seems like MVP is going to manage Shane Thorne and Brendan Vick, which is fine. I, I think MVP would be a very good manager. And I suppose if Apollo Crews is not going to go heel, you don't team him with MVP. But I think that... MVP and Apollo Crews would have been making a, a badass team. Well, Apollo Cruz ain't bad at talking. Like he did that smack he did that smack talk backstage with Andrade. It was fine. You know, with a bit more bit more time and a bit more leverage. I don't think there'd be a problem at all. I just don't get the knee injury. I just don't get the knee injury. I thought, I get it right. If it was real life, I said this on ups and downs, but I'll say it again. If it's real life, you're definitely gonna get sympathy for a sports person that gets injured and taken out of the big game. We've seen it with finals of basketball, baseball, football. But it's not real. And every time you've seen anybody in a spot of bother, Austin, Rock, Cena, Undertaker, Kane, they don't cry and they don't moan. They get revenge. And that's why I don't understand why someone said Apollo cry. It made me feel sorry for him, but in the wrong way. I don't know. It was confused me, as Andrew uh, WM1404 says in the chat. It confused me. I was confused. I don't know what I meant to take away from it because I feel sorry for him. But I also feel like he's a bit of a chump. (laughs) Because I've seen other guys fight through. I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin break his neck and fight through. Triple H Tourist Quad and fight through. But now Apollo... And why are referees stopping matches now? I know this is proper wrestling geek, wrestling nerd stuff. And we should all be ashamed of ourselves. I totally get that. But... We still need to talk about it. And I still liked Raw. This is me being very pernickety, but I still did like Raw. There was that and something else I'll talk about in a minute that made me roll my eyes. But I actually think they found quite a good flow with this no-crowd stuff at the moment. Nothing again, nothing truly amazing is happening, but it's just good, solid stuff. Which is probably what WWE needed, if we're being honest. Um It Summers says, I don't see the need for Jinder to have be to be the big foreign bad guy. He's better than that. Agreed, doesn't need to be. Because you only need that if you're lacking. Well, I don't think you ever need it. But if you are going to give it to someone, it's because they're lacking. Jinder looks like he could kick your ass. So he doesn't need... And also, he's from Canada. (laughs) I know he has Indian heritage, but he's from Canada. Uh, Eastern Mantis 10 says, Gutted Apollo Crews won't be in the match. But by missing it, it builds him up even more for a return to challenge Andrade. At least they're building his character. I do agree with that. I think it was the execution. He shouldn't have cried. He should have been angry. Right. But I'm, I'm being a massive wrestling nerd, a massive wrestling geek. I completely agree. Uh, who do you think will replace him is a great question. I don't know. Who's in it? Alistair Black, Rey Mysterio, meant to be Apollo Cruz, but not. And now I can't remember who the hell else is in that match. Daniel Bryan. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. I almost typed in money in the roof. <laughs> That's not what it is. Money in the Bank 2020. Only two weeks away, which is nuts. So the Money in the Bank match for the men is Daniel Bryan, Rey Mysterio, the Black, King Corbin, Otis, Dolph Ziggler, and yeah, would have been Apollo Crews, now TBA. I don't know. I guess we'll find out next week. And it's Andrade, isn't it? Probably Andrade, I I would presume. Because then that ties it in. And Apollo Crews probably attacks him. That's not bad. That's fine. And then I'll I'll have egg on my face and I'll look like... uh, I look like an idiot. Uh, it's Summers. Are you close to affiliation yet, Simon? Look forward to your sub emotes. No, not yet. I meant to stream every day and then something came up. Don't worry about it. It's nothing serious and I wasn't able to. I'm going to start streaming on here. Just a quick aside. On Twitch.tv, forward to Simon 316 I'm going to try and stream every day for the next month to get my affiliate station, uh, uh, whatever it's called up, um, so that we can actually... Uh, yeah, we can actually get this uh, this going, and that ties into what the real Iron Eagle has said. I want to shout him out because that's really nice. He asked, "How do you donate on here?" We have to come affiliated first, and then you can send bits. But I just need to get my streaming hours up or my streaming minutes up, which we'll try and do. But that's uh, that's very very kind. I appreciate that. At the moment, if you could support me through Patreon again, patreoncom of 316 uh, that would that would rock. But whatever you can do, if you can't, it's not a problem. I know we're all going through hard financial times. Uh, at the moment. Uh, but hopefully soon. Hopefully soon we'll be affiliated and we, you can then also subscribe using your Amazon Prime subscriptions. But we'll talk about that down the line. I don't want to confuse anybody. Right. The other thing on Raw that made me roll my eyes was the Nia Jax stuff. I don't hate Nia Jax. I think I understand why she has the reputation that she does. But I could also understand how she fits wonderfully into the WWE environment. I think her character is very good. And I also get that some people were like, oh, what? why are we doing Nia Jax versus Shayna Baszler versus Oscar with no build and not on a pay-per-view? But without wanting to hammer this into the ground, given that we don't have fans in an arena, I kind of take what I can get at the moment. So if I can get excited about a match as I did for that one, I'm like, you know what? That's cool. That's fine. I'm happy with it. And then, <laughs> lo-, <laughs> lo and behold, someone explained to me what that was. Whether you're watching this live on Twitch or if you're listening in the, in the podcast at Miller 316 on Twitter, did the match start? Did it not start? Why didn't Nia throw the ladder on Shayna Baszler and Oscar when she had the chance? That was so strange. It was that classic thing where WWE was like, well, we can book this match. On paper, it's going to look really good and it's going to get people excited, but we have no idea how to get out of it. So this time we'll just pull the plug on it entirely. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> get it? I don't understand what it was. Maybe I missed something. Maybe the commentators gave me some direction, and again, I didn't hear it. Samoa Joe was on commentary, by the way. He's great. I love Samoa Joe. B- baffling. I-, I don't. I don't know what this was. I don't know who it was meant to help. Oscar did a bunch of shouting at the start, which I enjoy because Oscar's hilarious. But yeah, I mean, the-, the 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 one true says I don't think it started because Shayna didn't get in the ring. That's the best I've got. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best. All I've got too. But again, it's, it's this thing of WWE changing the rules on the fly. So Apollo Cruz's match gets stopped because of his injury. This doesn't start because someone doesn't get in the ring. Why didn't somebody ring the bell and we had a match? Because when it just ended and Nia Jax's music played, I rewound it twice. I thought, like, did she get DQ'd? <laughs> I was like, I don't understand. I still don't understand. I don't know. We'll see. I get how it ties into Money in the Bank. I want Oscar to win Money in the Bank. She won't, but... Uh yeah, very, 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 very odd. Uh, the opening segment with the VIP Lounge was good too. I enjoyed that. I think it was fine. It was kind of dry, but that's not a problem. And the six man tag was awesome as well. Alistair Black, Andrade. Uh, sorry, Alistair Black, Apollo Cruise, Rey Mysterio versus Andrade, Austin Theory, and Angel Garza. Just good stuff. And look, the Angel, um sorry, the Andrade. Uh, Apollo Crews match later on was really good to a point. I thought maybe it started a bit slow, but that's fine. You find your pace with matches. And when we got going, I was like, yeah, this is sweet. This is awesome. And then it just, yeah, it just, I don't know. Everyone's going to have a different opinion. But like my man in the chat said, we don't know where it's going to go. And they're 100% right. We don't. So we don't jump down its throat. Um, I'm trying to think what else I would have missed. I like Angel Garza finally asking out Charlie Caruso. I think that'll be very entertaining. Bobby Lashley we will talk about. Bobby Lashley. So he was flipping tyres last week. Very impressive feat. No question about it. And this week he just beat Denzel De or whatever his name is. I quite like, by the way. Second time I've seen him. I like Denzel. I don't mind all these squash matches on Raw. I get it. I understand. Working with the limited personnel. How did this tie into flipping tyres? All of a sudden he's back to not wanting Lana around, even though when he was flipping tyres, he was happy for her to be around. I thought it was quite cute the way it was like, oh, you're so beautiful, you distract me. And in his face, it was clear, like, no, you pissed me off. I thought that was quite good, right? That was quite a a nice little thing. But I just, the story arc makes no sense. Together, Fallout, not Fallout, tease, flip tire, squash match, Fallout, not Fallout. Where's he going as well? What's the. I understand that the whole Rusev situation has made it tough. But that was WWE's fault. (laughs) They're the one that took him off television. So, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it at all, but. I do like Bobby Lashley. I think he's underused. I thought he's very, very good in TNA. And I mean that too. That's not a joke. I thought he's very, very good in TNA. I'm just going to get my notes up so I know what's going down. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked his, his work as people. I just don't think he's been able to show the same kind of... For, have the same kind of freedom, I should say, as he did back then. So, yeah. It was very, very strange, right? What else have I needed to talk about? We've talked about Nia. We've talked about Bobby Lashley. I really like Liv Morgan versus Ruby Riott, I tell you. It works for me on so many levels. Firstly, they're better than I always expect, which is more shame on me for thinking that. Uh, I really enjoyed um, uh, their match last week and this week. And it wasn't 50-50 booking. Liv Morgan just won. Why it's called Oblivion. Oh, man. Sometimes it's like, oh, uh, just don't do it. But I like Liv Morgan a lot. I think she's underrated. The promo afterwards was gibberish, but that's fine. Give her more promos and she'll do it. She needs a character, which I think, you know, came across there. And she kicked out the riot kick. And I saw some people being a bit like, oh, it's too, too much with the riot kick. Like, oh, it only happened in the first 10 seconds. But I'm like, who cares? Who cares? Like, I, I, it didn't bother me at all. Like, it really, really didn't. If you need to get something over, make the commentators go nuts. That's better than when we have like a Bray Wyatt section and they cut back and the commentators go, we did really well on social media this week. You're like, crazy Bray Wyatt just threatened to kill someone. What are you doing? So I'd much rather this. And I honestly, I think Liv Morgan is good. I think Ruby Riott's good too. I really hope Ruby Riott doesn't get lost in the shuffle just because she's lost for a couple of weeks. But I think they are two women that should be built up and should challenge Becky Lynch, should challenge Bailey, should challenge whatever. Uh, Dre Day in the in the chat says right kick is a terrible finisher. It's not the best, but I'm still happy to buy into the fact that it is her finisher. Same as John Cena's AA. Everyone used to get so mad about it, but I was like, well, one, it's really hard to do. I tried to do that in wrestling; and it's really tough. But second of all, if that's his finisher and people don't kick out, I'm happy to suspend my disbelief. On the subject of me being arrested, by the way, tonight, eight PM BST. Uh, over on What Culture Wrestling, I'm going to be live streaming my debut because it's two years ago today I debuted as a pro wrestler in the Defiant Rumble. It's embarrassing <laughs> for many reasons, but join me live on What Culture Wrestling later, like at 8pm BST, and we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll we'll do some gags and we'll have a laugh. But uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you there. If you uh, if you can come down, I've learned a lot. Let's just say it. Let's just say it like that. It will be fun though. Oh, Nia Jack shouting nothing into the audio as well. She's done this before. I get what she's trying to do, but it, it it's not Nia Jax. A hundred percent of people can't peek the audio like that and not piss me off. It's too much. It is it, horrible. It is horrible. I don't know if she watches this. Don't do it. I beg you. I know what you're trying to do. It's not good. And it, 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin, Bret Hart could do it. My favorite wrestler ever. If you peek the audio, I get mad. That's just what happens. <laughs> Jones 89 says, hashtag worst clothesline ever. Oh, in the tag, I thought you were mentioning my uh, my rumble. They are the worst clotheslines ever. We'll talk about it. 8 p.m. BST. Here's something else I'd like help with. Again, Twitter, live chat, whatever. What happened to the Viking Raiders? <laughs> They've got split personality disorder. Seven days ago, they were all like, Where we're Vikings gonna drive around eating chicken? And now they're just back to being in a in a dark room with smoke. Now, most people preferred this. I did not, but I'm an idiot and I like goofy stuff. I just think they were more original last week. It wasn't good when it was so bad, it was good territory. But this is every big guy promo I've ever seen in WWE. And I'm just a bit like, meh. So they're fighting the Street Profits next week. I really like the Street Profits promo. That's the best they've been. Because they toned it down a bit. And I think sometimes they go overboard for the sake of being overboard. But when Montez Ford was speaking seriously, I really believed every word that he said. Really did. I thought it was fantastic. So I'm kind of intrigued about that. Uh, we'll see. We talked about Jinder. talked about Angel Garza. We talked about Apollo Crews. And uh, yeah, we, we've done that. And I think that's pretty much it. And we've got the Cedric Alexander stuff, which is um, interesting. Obviously, team with Ricochet beat Trey Park. Oh, that's my joke. Chase Parker and Matt Martell. And then MVP appears and says, yeah, I want you to take on Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink. I mean, again, we're working with a a smaller crew, so I don't mind them pushing guys I haven't seen before. I just hope that we don't... Because, you know, to me, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet are a brand new team. And I'm sure... Uh, thorn and vink are good i don't know much about them if i'm honest but i have investment in cedric alexander ricochet just because they've been bigger stars and i'd rather they were built up to take on the winner of the street profits versus um, the viking raiders i think they're really good and i love that new finishing they got Uh, but we'll see at least it was interesting and different like again the one good thing coming out of these empty arena shows is that they are fresh in terms of who is featuring? I think Zelina Vega has been the uh, no, no pun intended the MVP of this whole thing. Her or Oscar, I would say, just taking you know taking the reins and taking hold of their opportunity and running with it. Really enjoying what she's doing. Really enjoy her group. Oscar is just the best. Uh, you can say maybe they're featured too much, but that's because they have to be. They're in that kind of predicament. So yeah, massive fan of uh, massive fan of her. I thought Raw was alright, I really did think Raw was alright, I thought it was uh, an easy to watch show with some crazy stuff, but even with the Apollo Crew stuff that I didn't necessarily like, at least it got a reaction out of me, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like bad television, it was just like, what? But we'll see where we go with that, and um, we should move on to that actually, Andrew, uh, Andrew M1404 in the chat says, Simon, what do you think of WWE 2K Battlegrounds? obviously a uh, brand new uh, video game from 2K, taken the place of WWE 2K this year, which will be back next year as they put more work into it. Well, I foolishly on my Twitter said that I thought it looked quite good. And what I mean by that is over-the-top action arcade wrestling games, by and large, have been decent. I didn't realize just because WWE 2K isn't good that we weren't allowed to be excited about new games, as the internet let me know. I think it's exactly what we need. And okay, the character models are a bit strange and seeing John Cena get eaten by a crocodile is a bit strange, but that's the point. It's meant to be ridiculous. It's meant to be absolutely stupid and I think that could be a lot of fun. That's all I need for my wrestling games. Like for me, I like WWE 2K, not the last one, but I think the approach to simulation is good. But wrestling is so dumb that you should have the dumb equivalent like All-Stars. And I think this is the way to do it. Uh, And also, I'm not going to be this guy that judges a video game before we've even played it, because that isn't only a a massive slap around the face for the developers, but we just don't know. It's being made by Saber Interactive, who also made NBA Playgrounds, which is fantastic, by the way, like a modern-day NBA jam. And you can't judge this one by the last game. That's mad. That's like saying, I don't like... Who's everyone loves? I don't like Kenny. Well, not Kenny Omega anymore. I don't like the Young Bucks, because their last match wasn't for me. No, we take it each as it comes. I think it looks good. Um, I think it looks family friendly, which some people aren't going to like, but that's what they need. If you've got your simulation game, you don't release another game that's meant to be aimed at the same audience. You have to broaden your horizons, otherwise you're just making the same game. But I liked All Stars. Uh, I said for ages I wanted an arcade wrestling game. And I remember the one made by Midway when I think Undertaker could shoot lightning bolts out of his hands. So John Cena getting eaten by a crocodile is fine. All I need is over-the-top moves, good impact, fun multiplayer done. Eh, The graphics aren't necessarily my cup of tea. They're cartoony. It's fine. Whatever. I don't care. I like it though. And I'm going to reserve my judgment. All I need to know is what it's coming out on. I do accept the criticism. It could be a mobile game, which I don't want. I want a console game. And it may have microtransactions, which I'm also not a fan of. But again, we will... uh... Uh, we, we, we will wait and uh, we will wait and see. Lots of people mentioning Kane Velasquez in the uh, in the chat as well. Yeah, he got released, which kind of made me go, "What? I don't know why he was barely there for a cup of tea." But I suppose that's why they hadn't done anything with him. I mean, I don't think this was ever the plan because they signed him to such big money; it would be the WWE would have lost. But ultimately, the the story of Kane Velasquez in WWE is going to be came in, allowed Brock Lesnar to get his win back, although it, via professional wrestling and not a shoot fight. And then got let go. And I understand why they let him go. Apparently, he was being paid a fortune. And if you're being paid a fortune, then yes, you can't expect to be kept on if they're not keeping other people on and they're not using you. He was meant to be the Royal Rumble, apparently, and we didn't do that. So he's gone. I can't say that. I actually think it's a win-win from Kane's point of view. I don't think he was going to be utilized in the way that he should have been, given what we saw in AAA, where he's basically a luchador compared to Weird Guy against Brock Lesnar in Saudi Arabia. He made a lot of money, and now he can sign with AAA when they're back, and he can sign with AEW, where he'll probably be given more freedom, which is what he needs to succeed in wrestling. Um, but a, a, a weird tale when you look at it history wise, a very very weird tale. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You tell. You tell me. It's it. It, it did make me go what when I saw the story but then I was like no I completely understand it we haven't seen him since when was the last Saudi Arabia show like November the one one of the last one he was in November September October that's six months so The the one that got me more was Gerald Briscoe. Apparently, Gerald Briscoe wasn't let go, but he's been furloughed, which means when we kick things off again, he may be brought back. But still, between him and Mike Kyoda guys, that have given so many years and so much tenure to WWE, you just never see it coming. I'm not going to comment on it further than that because I just feel sorry for the people involved. And I don't think they need a bald asshole going on about it. But yeah. It was those two names when I saw them. I was very, very surprised by. I was like, "Geez, I did not see that coming at all." But they're gone. They're out. I imagine Gerald Briscoe comes back. Cain Velasquez will not. I would would be my, uh, would be my assumption. I should say as well, if you are watching me live right now on Twitch, please hit follow or subscribe or whatever the hell we do. <laughs> on Twitch, says Old Man Miller, uh, and there's also a bunch of buttons as well. If you scroll down off the screen, there's a YouTube button, give me a subscribe on there. There's a Twitter button, subscribe on there. There's also a donate button if you want to use that. But I got my Patreon too. But I thought I'd, um, I thought I'd mention. Uh, I thought I'd mention that. Uh, the Real Iron Eagle says, You have a new £10 tier Patreon pal. Oh, that's very kind, dude. Thank you. You get a hand on the heart, of course. I get paid in a few weeks. I might sign up to the highest tier for a month. Well, whatever you can afford, man. Don't go crazy if you can't. But as is, I hope it all helps, pal. I usually donate to your YouTube streams under Baz Hoban. Ah, oh, Baz. We're well, lovely to see you. That's very kind as well. Thank you for the support. It does help me, but make sure you're, you're helping yourself first because that's really important um Oscar Craft one says hi. So I hope you're staying safe. In June, it will be a year since Paul Heyman became executive director of Raw. Any thoughts? Be well. Great question. And please feel free to ask more questions. Because we've done Raw. I don't think there's any other news. If there is any other news you want me to talk about, just mention it in the comments. But it's been quite weak at the moment, as it always is post WrestleMania, especially with no fans. I think Paul Heyman has done the one thing that Raw needed, and that was just to fill in the gaps, fill in the holes. It's rare that there is a plot hole anymore. There are a few. I'm not saying it's perfect. Things still come and go more than I would like them to. But most people do have coherent storylines. For example, Liv Morgan winning twice on the bounce, and I know she's also been a case in point in the past, but right now I'm talking about, I don't think it would have happened. Alistair Black has a sustained push because of Paul Heyman, Drew McIntyre is now the champion. Uh, We turned Seth Ryan's heel, and I'm going to assume that's Paul Heyman, because like, look, the fans hate you, man. We've got to do it. I just think it's been a lot more structured. And Raw didn't have any structure for a while. Don't get me wrong. I kind of love the madness of it. But it it didn't necessarily make for a good weekly product if you didn't get to go on camera and rant and rave about it like I did. But no, I think Paul Heyman has brought stability and... (sighs) I wouldn't say all good storylines, because Liv Morgan being the Lana lesbian thing I thought was a bit late 90s and even in the late 90s I didn't necessarily think it was a good idea but ultimately no I think he's done a really good job I do and how much power he has now I don't know but yes I'm just a fan that's all I can say I'm a fan of what, of what he's done I don't know how much influence he has over Vince McMahon obviously Vince McMahon still has the final say I don't know whether he trusts Paul Heyman more now so he can pitch more ideas but ultimately I think Raw is a better show now than it was a year ago and a lot of that has to be down to Paul Heyman so fair uh, fair play to him. Uh, ArnieRood2912, so what's your favorite WWE wrestling game ever? Mine is SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain. Well, that would be in my top five. I mean, my throwing out their favorite wrestling games are No Mercy slash WrestleMania 2000. To me, they're one and the same. And Here Comes the Pain. They were my favorite ones. Um, the, the, the only I, I understand why you didn't do it on the Aki engine because obviously the Aki engine went away. But I'll never understand why here comes... The, some elements and some uh, features from Here Comes the Pain got taken out of those games. They were so good and they just went. Like, you could interrupt finishes and stuff. And we just took that away for a more cinematic effect. I never understood it. I never understood it. Um, somebody wants me to play SmackDown. Here comes the plane on a stream. Look, we may do. I am going to try... I'm trying. I'm an idiot sometimes. But I am going to try and stream on here every day to get my affiliation status up. But a lot of that will be games. Because we can't talk about resting every day. There's not enough to talk about, it, especially at the moment. So, uh, yeah, maybe we will do that. I want to do Fight Night. I want to play Doom, finally. Well, I played it for for, for review, but not for anything else. Um, Wonderstruck in the chat says, the only things that did well with, in my opinion, was the opening match. The US title match was actually decent as well, despite already seemingly giving up on Apollo. And the main event was pretty good. Everything else was really quick matches or squashes. Yes, you are right. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, because there's a structure to it, and because we kind of tick along quite nicely, I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. Like... It's fine. Like If you can have Bobby Lashley there and you have a few for him, let him beat up a guy and get Denzel DeJournay out there, Britmore. Why the hell not? I don't... There are too many at the moment, but I think there are extenuating circumstances which kind of gives them a free pass. Kind of. Kind of, I will I will underline. Uh, SDV3121 says, hey, Simon, who are your top five women wrestlers? Right now, uh, Oscar, Becky Lynch, Don't Get Mad at Me, Charlotte Flair, uh, Brit Baker, and... Probably, uh, I need to know more about the Japanese wrestling scene if we're completely honest. My knowledge is poor. If I was going to pick a fifth one, I'd probably, I think, maybe Liv Morgan as an outside bet. I do enjoy her work a lot. I think she's very, I think again, I think she's about to blossom, or at least I hope so. I'd probably miss somebody in there, because there's Riho, obviously, who's great. I like Chris Statlander. I think she's really, really good. She's coming of age. Um, Shida in AEW is brilliant. Um, there'll be other people I've forgotten. B Priestley. So many. So many. But I've kind of just ruined that one. Uh, Dre Day says Seeing as our Austin Theory is only 22 and he's cut from the John Cena cloth and he might be a better wrestler, do you think he could break Brandy Orkin's record and become the youngest world champion of all time within the next two years? I mean, I don't think so. Uh, I, You never know. There'd have to be some kind of spark which we did have with Randy Orton, even though they went too early with Randy Orton. So Brock Lesnar's a better example when he had that record for a bit. He had that spark. I don't see Austin Theory as having that spark at the moment, but that's because we don't have any crowds. So I don't know how people are reacting to him. So my gut would say no, but I hope he proves me wrong. Uh, I'd like it. A lot of people asking about the SmackDown segment, okay, because we haven't talked about that. Uh, Triple H's 25th anniversary. I... <sighs> It's kind of funny to me because all week everyone had been like, oh, I can't believe it. Um, Triple H is just going to blow smoke up his own ass for 10, 15 minutes. And then what we got was a roast, which I actually thought was quite entertaining, bizarre. And I felt like I was on drugs, but quite entertaining. And then everyone said, oh, I wanted a a serious segment. I was like, which one do you want? Look, it was what it was. I enjoy, I think them sending themselves up is more entertaining than them reminding us of how this good this match was or how good that match was. I I much preferred what they did. I thought Stephanie McMahon stole the show with her line about Shawn Michaels' lazy eye just because I never thought they would bring that up. Vince McMahon, I thought, came across like a crazy old man. I don't know whether that was intentional, but that's what I took away from it. It was mad. I don't know what he meant when he mentioned the Bailey thing, the gobbledygooker. Katie Vick, I understood. That had connotations to it. I can't even believe they mentioned Katie Vick. Like, so many people must have Googled Katie Vick after that and gone, what? I have to tell that to non-wrestling fans sometimes. They go, what's the stupidest thing they've done? I'm like, well, one of them is definitely the time someone pretended to have necrophilia. Some things I don't need in wrestling. Necrophilia. Incest. Murder. WWE's done all of this. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, But hey, I thought it was fine. I liked SmackDown last week. I thought it was good. Uh, Just checking the news as well. Everyone's talking about Cain Velasquez, as we've already mentioned. I was surprised by it, but I understand it from a financial point of view because what WWE is doing. That's the key. Because what WWE is doing. I really like the BTE this week. I watched it because everyone was going nuts. Um, I really like the thing with the FTR and the sky at the end. Looks like Gallows and Anderson, not Gallows and Anderson, the, the revival, the revolt, are going to All Elite Wrestling, which is, uh, <laughs> which is good. They're always going to go there, but I'm, I'm all right with it. I was intrigued by this as well. I just saw it. Yeah, I'm going to read this out. I understand what it says, but Dave Meltzer reported this, and it's how WWE wrestlers get paid. If you're a nerd like me, you may find it interesting. So essentially, you can be paid bi-weekly based on your downside guarantee, or you can be paid bi-weekly based on what you would normally get through live event pay, merchandise, and royalty. And if that number then doesn't reach your downside guarantee, WWE will pay the difference. I find it amazing you get that kind of choice in wrestling. Which one would you go for? Do you go for your downside guarantee or do you kind of risk it all on the more variable uh, parts of the business? So I love hearing about stuff like that. Like I couldn't believe it when I, it was years ago now, but I couldn't believe it when I found out the wrestlers had to pay for their own travel. I just presume that WWE would. Obviously, they can claim it back via tax, but it's not the same. So that's why when sometimes you hear someone's earning all this money you think yeah but they're on the road 200 days plus and they got to get hotels and rental cars and fuel and all of that it's, it's got to eat into it's got to eat into the profits to say the least. So yeah I'm always fascinated by the inner workings of WWE. I don't know how that came out but yeah that's how they get paid which is kind of uh, which is kind of fascinating. At this point as well I should say too uh, we do exclusive episodes on the podcast on the audio feeds. So you haven't subscribed to iTunes or Spotify or yeah uh, Stitcher or Google Play or whatever please hunt it down on your podcast app of choice and give it a subscribe obviously you'll get these ramblings too but you'll get extra ones as well and uh, there was a problem with my iTunes thing the other day it's my fault I pushed the wrong button and I screwed it up for a lot of people so if you could resubscribe that would be great and if you are listening to this on podcast right now if you could maybe unsubscribe and resubscribe uh, because I don't think my analytics are correct at all either that or everyone stop listening and that's quite sad, so let's, uh, let's hope that's not true. Okay, we've got about 10 minutes left. And again, if you're watching live 2pm, join me over at Wrestling. Let's do a Q&A, because Q&As are always, uh, always fun. Um, <laughs> Darren4785 says the 25th anniversary of Triple H still went on on Raw. It did, but look, I thought it was an easy way to fill up time. And I'm a Triple H guy. I know some people aren't. I enjoyed seeing his best moments. Although I disagree with a lot. A lot of my Triple H best moments are when he's the game. I don't really include a lot of DX stuff, which is interesting, right? Don't know what that says about me. Uh, yeah, damn, Lenny says, thought of Keynes Velasquez getting released. Like I said earlier, it's one of those things where I was shocked by the headline, but then I think, well, they must have been paying him millions of dollars because everybody was so like, oh my gosh, the contract WWE offered him is crazy, hence why he signed it, and they have no plans for him. So I actually wasn't surprised when I thought about it, but still a headline that grabs your attention, Absolutely. Um, where am I going the real Iron Eagle says okay so what about the Matt and Nick Jackson match on episode 200 that was brilliant it was great I really enjoy BTE I know it's not everyone's cup of tea but I think if you approach it in the way that it's meant to be approached it's a lot of fun I enjoyed that match very cinematic very over the top I just like Matt and Nick Jackson I just think they are two guys who utilize their position wonderfully and potentially have changed the wrestling business forever and how many people can say that Uh, Andrew M1404 says, are you planning on bringing back mental health videos? I feel they were helpful. Uh, Yes, I certainly will when I feel like the situation calls for it. Um, If you don't know, I'd use it as a plug for my YouTube channel. Search for Simon on YouTube, give me a subscribe. Uh, We used to do a lot of mental health videos, but I never wanted to feel overbearing or like I'm doing them for the sake of it. Uh, But as and when I feel like it's appropriate, yes, of course, mental health is very important to me. I will do that video one day and explain why uh, today or this period is not that time. Um, But yes, and if you are suffering, especially at the moment with the lockdown, the global situation, remember, we're all in it together. Positive thoughts and make sure you chat to someone. Chatting is... You know, if you break your leg and and the cast is what you need to heal, then chatting to someone is the same with your brain. Don't be ashamed. There's nothing wrong with it. Darren 4785 says, Was Apollo really hurt? I doubt it, because those, te- those 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 tears weren't real. But you never know. You never know. More for me if I'm wrong. Well done him for working me. Dre Day, how long till Pac becomes AEW champion? Great question. I'd say well, it's different now. I would have said within 12 months without the madness, with the madness 18 months. I'd say Pac is your champion within 18 months. Uh, S1Hack says, hey, Simon, didn't know you stream on Twitch. Brand new, my friend. Brand new, which is why I'm asking everyone to give me a follow and try and join me as much as you can so I can get to affiliation status. Uh, (laughs) Shemex22 says, did you ever fix your fence? Yesterday, I did. How weird is that? Were you watching me? I have fixed my fence, though. Uh, ArneRund2912, when do you think WWE's tag division was at its best? That's a fantastic question. I don't know. Because Vince McMahon has never been into tag team wrestling. Don't forget that. That's never been his bag. There's loads of reports out there. He's more of a singles guy, which is fine. He's a babyface. Well, not so much recently, but in general, he's a babyface, single star company man. When did I enjoy tag team wrestling the best? Probably that Heart Foundation, Rockers, Legion of Doom, slash Road Warriors. Then going back a bit before that, Four Horsemen, Tully and Arn. Um, yeah, Demolition, people like that. Did I say them already? Probably. I think those kind of teams, probably mid-80s to late-early 90s, I, I I think I would agree with. Yeah, and you've got like the Midnight Express. All of those teams, all of the teams you think of as classic. I would say that the best tag, did you say within WWE? You did say within WWE, I've got outside of WWE. I would still say Legion of Doom being champs, that's the early 90s, right? D- those kind of things. I know they were taking on people like the Beverly Brothers, and this is probably nostalgia talking. And there'll be a time I've missed that I'm not thinking about, but that's what that's what makes me happiest in my head. Or oh, that may not be right. Uh, that may not be right at all. But there have been some good times recently, like when the Usos, the New Day, Miz and Morrison. You know, the only problem with those guys is they've just been teamed together too much. But there certainly was a time during the Ruth Russell, Russian aggression era when there was some good tag teams. But I'd need to go back and study that more. My brain automatically goes to nostalgia. Yeah, like yeah, man with the beard says uh, Edge, Christian, Hardy's, Dudley's—they were ridiculous matches. But were they tag team matches or were they triple threats? That's my point. And also, they had bells and whistles, which I was more than okay with. But I still think tag team wrestling is at its best when it's two great teams going after a championship with no stipulations, because the stipulation is you got an extra dude with you, and that's why I never understood why that wasn't focused on more. But maybe one day, maybe one day. Uh, Harry Lanny, two thousand three. Anyone you think will return to WWE in the upcoming few months after the pandemic? I think it all depends on finances. Uh, out of everybody they released, wrestler-wise, no, because I think maybe someone like a Sarah Logan would, but I think most of them are in the sort of, not the twilight of their careers, but the other side of the middle part of their careers, and this has lit a fire under their ass to go out there and try and, you know, make one last big run, which they already know they're not going to do in WWE because they released them. So I doubt anyone from that list does. I don't think Drake Maverick's going back. I think there was a storyline that they've just tried to, again, jump on the back off because there was some internet buzz. Uh, but I just hope everyone gets jobs. I mean, that's the, that's the key. Uh, James A256 says, We need Simon Miller and Chris Jericho on commentary. It would be a great thing to see. Well, I'd certainly be up for it. And what an amazing position I would have put myself in. Um, Chris Jericho as well. Um, did we do a podcast that we must have done? Either way, Chris Jericho, had, to me, has become not only a proper legend in his own time. I think I did say this. Yes, he's the best version of Chris Jericho I've ever enjoyed. I bef- We did this. Yeah, more than The List, more than The Suit, more than Y2J. I just think he's found himself and I think he can run this character for another 10 years if he wants. I know he's the master of reinvention, but I think this guy, this version has so many things that you could muck around with. I I just love it. I love it uh where am i going next matt moore 316 if you had a pay-per-view to recommend to go to watch on the network due to the situation what would it be in the bank 2011 as long as you know the build-up wrestlemania 17 because the fans are great wrestlemania 18 for the hulk hogan rock match because you can't help but enjoy it or summerslam 2002 are they the most obvious answers yes because they're really good pay-per-views they kick ass in terms of more that mean to me bad blood first ever hell in a cell awesome uh, King of the Ring 98 because I still watch that match with Undertaker and Mankind like how the hell and also SummerSlam 97 which had the main event of Undertaker versus Bret Hart with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee I just love it it's just great yeah as Easter Mantis says going back to a minute ago Sarah Logan is only 26 yeah that's what I meant why she probably could go back and try and make another go of it but if you're Heath Slater I think he's in his 30s mid 30s and been there for 16 years or whatever it is I saw an interview with him, and he said, look, I'm, I'm raring to go now. And I, don't, I, I can't believe he thinks he's going to get that in WWE, whereas Sarah Logan, absolutely. It changes it, uh, it, changes it massively. Um, where shall we go now? Harry Lane 2003. Who do you think will fill up the money in the bank match slot? I don't know. I'm going to go with Andrade. Just because, and then Apollo Crews attacks him during the attack in the, in the HQ. Very excited for money on the roof. So many people are poo-pooing it. I think if we make sure it's the right side of madness... I would be a happy guy. And I'd probably put Andrade there. Then you can tie up the series with um, with Apollo. Why the hell not? Darren4785, Simon, I genuinely mean this. You are the light to my week, dude. Keep it up. Thumbs up. That's very kind, nice, Darren. I appreciate that. I appreciate the support. I don't know what I do, but I will continue to try and do it for comments like that because it makes me feel good. Um, Annie Rudd, 2912, I would never understand why WWE isn't giving more freedom to wrestlers. All their best era is when wrestlers had more freedom. Indeed, but look at what happened. The Rock left, Brock Lesnar left, Batista left, Chris Jericho left. I think that's what happened. I think Vince McMahon got worried that he was making these stars and they were getting so big, they walked off. So instead, he made WWE the star and he kind of stifled people. That's just an idea. Not necessarily true. Not even something that he necessarily consciously did. But, you know, it may be a thing. Uh, the real bogger 223 do you think WWE should wait and do the Sasha face turn until live shows are back properly? Well, no. Because if you listen to recent reports, we may not have live shows back until next year in terms of crowds. They're saying that the next season in here or here of the football, the Premier League, may go without it for a whole season. So I think WWE just has to carry on regardless and just book how they were going to book. I don't want them to do that. I want there to be cheers and boos and, 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 and chants and whatnot. But when it could be a year, a year and a half until we're even in that situation, can't keep doing it. You just kind of got to move forward. And it does suck. It does suck, but... um it's it's one of those things where now I'm just leaving it in the lap of life. I'm leaving it, it goes where it goes, and I'll deal with it as best I can. Because we're all dealing with it, right? We're all dealing with it. And who wins the AEW title first, Pac or Kenny Omega? Probably Kenny Omega. Man, that Kenny Omega thing blew up, didn't it? I didn't care. I, I said I cared a little bit on ups and downs, and I did, but not as much as some people did. My word, it's just a wrestling match. <laughs> who cares? I don't think it hurt Kenny Omega at all. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about that. And we'll finish with Wonder Strike who says, if you were to create a new evolution, who would you have in there? I think uh, think Austin Theory would be in the Orton role, Triple H in Flair's, nice, and Randy Orton in Triple H's old lead role, nice. If they needed a Batista, I would put the group, maybe Killer Cross or Dijakovic. Your thoughts on this idea? Well, I wouldn't call it Evolution 2 or New Evolution because that never works. I also don't think you could put old... I like the idea and I think it's very, very smart what you've said but I don't think you could put old evolution guys in there because I think it taints it. So I think what you'd have to do is you have to look at it and you'd probably have to have a Roman Reigns in there because he's like the guy at the moment and that's why evolution worked. Uh, Austin Theory is a good one. Yes, I agree with that because of the way he looks. I think an Andrade would probably go in there as well. And ultimately, you know, someone like Jinder Mahal wouldn't surprise me. Or if you didn't want to do Jinder Mahal, you could do... I'm trying to think of a big scary guy... That's a heel. And I can't think of anybody, but there's loads. We'll just go with Jinder Mahal. And there we go. That's that. And on that note, I will give you a salute and I will say night, night, and goodbye. Again, head over to What Culture Wrestling right now. If you're watching it live, 2 p.m., uh, we'll do ups and downs live together. And again, 8 p.m. BST tonight on Tuesday, the 28th of April. And catch up afterwards if you can over on What Culture Wrestling. I'm going to live stream my reactions to watching my debut in wrestling two years ago. Genuinely terrified, but hey, we can be terrified together. Uh, if you haven't given me a follow on Twitch, please do. Also, head over to my YouTube channel, etc. Simon Miller, give that a subscribe because I'm trying to get these two things working in tandem. Also on Instagram and Twitter at Simon three one six. I have a Patreon. That's how I'm able to do this stuff. Don't make any money off any of these things, but you know, hey ho, I like doing it. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller three one six. And ultimately, if you are you know on the internet and you see that I've gone live, if you could just come tune into my Twitch stream so we can get the affiliation stuff up, that would rock. Otherwise, I'll see you soon and take care of yourself and just try and have a good day.